G'day Novastream listeners, my name is Brittany and I recently had the opportunity to interview Travis Willingham. With credits from Batman Telltale series to anime like Full Metal Alchemist, this man is a gun in the voice acting industry. So, without further ado, here is my interview with Travis. Harvey Dent does everything by the book, to the letter of the law, but that isn't working. Hello Travis. Hi there. Hi, how are you today? Hey, very good. Thanks for taking the time. Oh, thank you for giving me the time. Now, you're coming to Australia for Supernova in November. Have you been here before? Uh, I have. I have. Actually, my, my wife and I will be uh, in Brisbane and Adelaide, and we went once before, uh, well before we were ever married or engaged, I think in 2008 or nine, and we were able to visit Melbourne and Perth, if I remember correctly. Awesome. And what did you think of the place? Was it in summer or winter? Oh, we loved it. It was it was our summer, winter for you. So it was a little bit cooler. Um, and I remember um, drinking far too much ginger beer. Uh, we loved Melbourne. There was so much to see up and down uh, that big river that just runs right through the city. And then Perth was uh, just, just amazing. I and mean, we had so much fun. Absolutely. And uh, with Supernova this time around, it looks like you're hitting Brisbane and Adelaide. Do you have any more plans outside of Supernova when you come around? We don't. We, we've kind of just left our calendar open. We, we found out last time that um, it, once you hit the hotel lobby, right when, right when you arrive, the thing to do kind of is to find one or two people that, that work in that hotel and say, okay, look, we have no plans. What is it that we have to do before we leave here? And that was sort of the, the thing that led us to our favorite adventures last time. So we're, we're an open book. Awesome. Are you a, do you like theme parks? Because we've got a few on the Gold Coast up here. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you have some suggestions? Absolutely. So you got to go to Dreamworld and Warner Brothers. But if you find it a bit hot, head on down to Wet n Wild. Oh, see, I am a sucker for water parks. Oh, it's hard to find anybody to go. I know it's hard to find anybody to go with me to water parks. I, I know I'm 36 and I'm, you know, a little old for them. But I mean, Never. it's still water. There are still slides. Come on. Yeah, if you if you're in Brisbane, if you if it's summer, you gotta hit the water parks. I'm talking about okay, Fun World, Warner Brothers, what Wild. Got it. Absolutely. Now, getting into um, all the credits that you have, especially on the IMDb page, you have so many voicing credits, and it's incredible. Like. Uh, one recurring role is Knuckles for uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, and the more recent one is for the latest Nintendo Switch game, Sonic Forces, coming out in November. Can you tell me a little bit about the game? Um, I can't say too much about it because it's still yet to come out, but uh, it, it does look like it takes place in quite the uh, uh, post-apocalyptic type landscape. Um, you're going to be seeing a lot of versions of Sonic, so people that love classic Sonic, more of the modern Sonic, or even the Sonic from Sonic Boom, they'll have an opportunity to play as their favorite Sonic. And if I believe I have my facts straight, you will be able to customize your very own character to play along with Sonic. So that is a new new thing that I'm excited about. Yeah, it does look really cool. Like on the trailer, it shows how you can change the gloves and the boots, the color. Um, so will you be getting a free copy or will you be hunting one down in November? <laughs> Luckily, we, we do get a free copy, but it takes a little bit to get to us sometimes, and I'm kind of an impatient person. So if someone sees me in the video game store the day it comes out, standing in line with them, they really shouldn't be surprised. It's just because I want to play it as quickly as they do. So you must have a Switch then. How are you finding the new console? Uh, we absolutely love it. I mean, we've always been fans of Mario Kart, but 
Breath of the Wild is just one of the most gorgeous games that we've ever played. It, it's We call it the black hole because we mean to sit down and just play it for an hour or two, and before we know it, it's dark outside, we haven't done anything we were supposed to, and we feel bad about ourselves. So we try to regulate the amount of time we play that game. <laughs> Oh, I tell you what, I find the same thing with the latest game on PlayStation, the Horizon Zero Dawn. Do you do you play any other games oh. on other platforms? Yes, yes. Horizon Zero Dawn is gorgeous. Uh, the, the largest time suck for me is Grand Theft Auto, only because they keep coming out with these new things for the online mode. So I will just perpetually, if I have an hour and I need some sort of de-stressor, I'll jump on. I'll hop in a car, I'll jump into an airbase, steal a jet, run around, shoot at somebody, probably crash into a mountain, and just do that for an hour. And and I know that might seem a little odd, so I'm always glad when, for instance, Uncharted 4 Lost Legacy came out. It's just gorgeous. I, I, I played it, I think, eight hours straight through and then started it over again. And these new titles that are coming out, I'm so excited about. I don't know about you, but for me... The one I'm looking forward to the most, uh, other than Shadow of War, which came out today, and I haven't had a chance to play yet, is Red Dead Redemption 2. That's the one I really have highlighted on my calendar. That one sucked my brother in, and he told me, you know, it's a tearjerker, it's a beautiful story, so maybe I need to get on board with that. Yes, you you will not find a minute wasted. There, There is something so magical about hopping on your trusty steed, riding off into the sunset and not having any plan of where you're going and just seeing what happens. Sometimes we would just ride around just to ride around. (laughs) Sounds like an even better stress reliever. It is, actually. I think maybe I have my priorities in the wrong place. (laughs) (laughs) Ride a horse, don't drive a car. And another um, another role you've been doing, just as recurring as Knuckles, is Thor in so many animated Marvel series and animated films. What's it like playing one of Marvel's most powerful heroes? I mean, it's such a dream come true. I mean, the Avengers are a a group of heroes that I've been reading comics about since I was a little kid. You know, I've I've always loved reading about Iron Man, Thor, Hulk, Captain America, all of them. And when I had the chance to first play Thor, I think in 2009, it was one of those pinch me moments. You know, I remember uh, being in a session and one of the directors said, would you mind reading for, for Thor? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I would absolutely love to. And I happened to book it on the spot. And I think, I don't think I spoke for another hour after that when I learned I had, when I had gotten the role. Um, I may have gone out and bought like six plastic uh, toy Mjolnirs and maybe a red cape and like three different versions of Thor's helmet. I, I kind of went a little too far. Um, but it's, it's been an absolute, absolute pleasure uh, getting to voice the, the God of Thunder for, for the past few years. Is he, is he your favorite? Sounds like he might be your favorite character in the Marvel Universe. <laughs> you know what? I'd have, to, I'd have to say he's my favorite. I have a little you know, deference towards him. But let's just say in Thor Ragnarok coming up, you know, I might be pulling for him in that big um, publicized fight against Hulk. I think maybe if he, you know, if he plays his cards right, he'll probably handle himself pretty well. I'm just saying there are some things that, you know, he can do that Hulk maybe is not thinking of. So, you know, I don't think we should count him out just yet. I think a lot of fans are looking forward to that fight. I mean, seeing them and quite possibly there's the rumor with Guardians of the Galaxy coming involved. That's an insane crossover about to happen. 
But there's a really funny crossover with your animated shows in that Thor gets on Phineas and Ferb. What did you think of that crossover? <laughs> Marvel mashup. Yeah, it was, boy, that, that was brilliant. I mean, I, I love I loved the Disney show's interest in some of my favorite properties, you know, whether it was acquiring Star Wars or making you know the deal with Marvel. It, it makes it so that all of some of my favorite properties are in the same place. Um, and it, what I really liked about that cartoon was that we they adapted the animation style of Phineas and Ferb. So you got to see Angry Hulk, you got to see Noble Thor, you got to see the wisecracking Tony Stark, but they were all in that Phineas and Ferb animation style. And to me, it was great because it was a chance to really show sort of that dry, sarcastic version of Thor that maybe doesn't get to shine that often in Avengers. It's sort of that same humor that you see in, in a lot of the MCU movies. And for us, it was a great change of pace. It was a lot of fun. Definitely. Um, one of one of the series that you've been a part of that was absolutely one of my favorites growing up is Orin High School Host Club, where you voice uh, Maury Senpai. Yeah. It's such a fantastic yeah, series. Now, is that the shortest role you've yeah. had to like record for? Because it's a lot of mm. yeah. <laughs> yeah, you got it. I mean, you nailed it. I I always I always said that not only was it the shortest part that I ever had, but I, it probably could have been even shorter if our director just had me in the booth and then had me record mm, like thirty five different ways. I probably wouldn't have had to come in much more than that. Um, yeah, he was, you know, he was man of few words. He had an affinity for P-cell bathing suits and fancy tuna. And other than that, he was just, you know, you, what you see is what you get. Absolutely. And he had a great connection with um, Honey. Um, and I came across a video recently of a cosplayer who dressed up as Honey who was lucky enough to get a piggyback ride off you. Is that one of <laughs> right, the funniest right. um, interactions with fans you've had? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty great. I mean, my, my wife knows this about me, that I have an affinity for very cute things. And being that Honey is just one of the most adorable characters ever, uh, when there's a cosplayer that comes up in Honey, it's very hard for me not to ask if I can give them a piggyback ride, just because I know they'll love it. And it, and it makes my soul sing a little bit, too. So um, I, I really love it. It's one of my favorite parts about being a part of that show. It certainly was a fantastic ride to follow it through, and so sad that I only had one season of anime. But um, with all these different characters, you've got uh, such a wide range from Knuckle to um, Mori to Thor. How do you, like, what is the process of you f trying to find these characters' voices? Well, it's a little different um, in anime than it is in, in cartoons. In anime, we're already sort of guided by what the previous performance um, shows us, right? There's a there's a vocal tone that is normally tried, that they normally try to match. Um, whether it was Roy Mustang in Full Metal Alchemist, or if you were working on one of the Dragon Ball Z properties, or or Oron, um, you know, for Mori, he just had a very deep voice, and that was just something that they looked for, kind of a dry tone that you tried to match. Um, you know, for Roy Mustang, they wanted sort of a Han Solo type personality, a devil may care, um, you know, attitude. And then as you move along, you're able to put some of your own inflection and some of your own personality into that character. But you're already being guided by what the animation on the screen says, what the facial expression is. And it, it kind of, uh, I wouldn't say limits, but it, it informs what your performance is going to be. Mm. Um, in cartoons, the sky is the limit, right? There is literally no, um, there's no 
set like regulation for what they might actually end up with. Um, when you audition for a character, they'll give you sort of a parameter or an idea of what they're looking for, a certain age range, um, you know, a, maybe a husky type voice or a high nasally voice or something like that. But even then, um, it's not always what they end up with. You might come in and do something completely different that they haven't thought of, and they might just fall in love with that sound. So it's uh, it, it's just a roll of the dice as to you know what it is that you feel like doing that day, or what the material um, is kind of saying to you in that in that moment. And then it depends on you know what it is that they really want to hear, or if they're open to other interpretations. So it's it's really anybody's guess. It's kind of the um, kind of the gambler's. Uh, element to auditioning for, uh, you know, voiceover. It could be just about anything. You never know. Mm. Um, and, and one of the roles that I was actually really intrigued with as well is the Harvey Dent you played with the Telltale series. There's this interesting scene where he's <laughs> just like, he's just talking with Bruce Wayne and all of a sudden he's snapping between Harvey Dent and Two-Face. Did you record that separately or at, at once? Oh, I, you know, there there are a few roles that you might get as an actor that, that really lets you stretch sort of that swing across the spectrum. And Two-Face was certainly one of them. I wanted to challenge myself, I guess, as an actor and see if I could kind of embody that bipolar switch from, you know, afraid, very anxious Harvey to the headstrong, um, aggressive Two-Face, you know, and, I was such a fan of the original uh, vocal performance in Batman, the animated series. And then again, with what Troy Baker did um, in the Arkham video games. And it was, it was something that I, I really tried to um, pay a little bit of homage to and then do myself. And uh, we actually were able to record those lines with just like a one second hitch in between, you know, playing Harvey's personality and switching over to a more aggressive two-faced voice if you if you do it too quickly there would be this little bleed over and sometimes you know a little bit of both would happen and that wouldn't quite work so as long as you gave yourself like one second to kind of change your mindset um it was able to switch over but it's one of those opportunities to, to make two personalities come out of the same character that um I, I was really excited about thank you so much travis for joining me today uh your answers are incredible it's so good to have like an insight into the recording world and we look forward to you so much to seeing you at Adelaide and Brisbane Supernova this November. Awesome. Thank you so much. I wish we had more time. Your, your questions were wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Travis. Have a good one. You can catch Travis Willingham at both the Adelaide and Brisbane Supernovas this November. So don't forget to buy those tickets in order to meet this voice acting star.